little Jesus. Wave your hands to him all over this place. Our Father, we thank you. This first worship day of the third month of 2018, we're grateful for your goodness, for your mercy. You've been our help in ages past. And yet you're still with us. Thank you for the signs that you have shown us this year. Thank you for your hand that is always upon our lives. Lord, this day we just want you to know that we judge you faithful in all the affairs of our lives. Everything may not be in place, but you are the only reason why we still have a place. Thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We are grateful. We are grateful. Wave your hands to Him. We have two hands. Wave those hands to Him all over this place. Our God is a good God. And we're grateful to Him. Show Him that you are grateful. Show Him that you are grateful. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. We give you glory and we give you praise. Accept our thanksgiving. Accept our praises today and let your name be glorified. Everyone celebrating birthdays in the month of March and wedding anniversaries and all other milestones, we pray uh, that God will increase your greatness and comfort you on every side in Jesus' precious name. Before I go into the word this morning, I just <clears throat> have this you know, word in my spirit for someone here. You know, they ask Jesus what the signs to show that he is the Messiah. And he said, you know, this generation, you know, always asking for signs. There's no other sign that we've shown you except for the sign of, of Jonah. Jonah was in the belly of the whale, you know, three days and three nights. And then the whale brought him out. And Jesus was speaking, you know, using that as an example of what was going to happen to him, that he was going to die and be, you know, uh, um, down there for three days and, and three nights. And then... You will enjoy resurrection. And I just have this in my spirit very strong for someone here. That by the time this third month is over, before this third month is over, for someone actually, you will enjoy resurrection. Now, it's a good prayer for everyone, but I'm not actually talking to everyone. And I mean what I'm saying. There's someone here, something is in coma around you. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's... um, it could be a marriage, it could be a business that is in coma. It could even be a career. It looks like it's been buried. Yeah. And you've been concerned about this thing this, you know, this year. And you're looking up to God, saying, God, will you come true for me? God said, uh, your story is going to be like that sign of Jonah. Three days. So this first three months, I speak to you prophetically this morning. By the time these three months are over, this month of March is over, that issue is experiencing resurrection power. You know, it's not coincidental that we're having Easter celebration at the end of the month. Yeah. Uh, for, For you, just watch out. Watch out. Maybe around that Easter season. It may be before. Maybe immediately after. But you see uh, something is breaking loose for you. I said something is breaking loose for you. If you are the one I'm speaking to, you will know because there will be a witness in your heart. That's why I'm saying it's not for everyone. Yeah. 
you'll be a witness in your heart. The Holy Spirit will flash back in your mind some of the, 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 you know, the comatose issues that God wants to move over. And as we go into this season where we're going to be seeking God's face in prayer, I want you to put those things frontal, you know, to God. Our God is faithful. He reveals to redeem. Yeah, this is not a show. God reveals to redeem. If anybody gives me a word uh, and it's for, to say that God still speaks to me, that's uh, for personal aggrandizement. God reveals when he wants to redeem. Yeah. So, uh, I, I want you to get set for that resurrection. It's not going to be about you. You need to entreat God, but it's not going to be about you. Yeah. Jesus is not struggling in the, you know, in the grave. When it was the appointed time, there was divine intervention. And boom, it came out. That's going to be your story. In the precious name of Jesus. Come on, somebody celebrate God for that word. Celebrate God for that starting a new series of teachings this morning that will signal a time of revival in some people's life here. I see God's fire coming upon your prayer altar like never before. Yeah, I see God's hand coming upon you like never before. It's time to take charge of the things going on around your life. We're going to be teaching on getting stronger in the spirit, especially in the place of prayer. I've titled this, Take Charge. Take charge. Stronger in prayer. Stronger in prayer. If you were not around while we dealt with a series on stronger in generosity, you can get the messages, the liberal soul, listen to it over and again. There's a lot there that will help us to change our minds about our concept of generosity and how we need to be rich towards God. So I needed to get that message uh, especially in the last few weeks where there have been some rains on Sunday mornings and some of us were not able to make it to church, you need to listen to it over and again. So we start this new teaching series this morning to take us through to the, the month of March into Easter period. Take charge. I want you to help me look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, say, take charge. Take charge. Or look at somebody else, say, it's time to take charge. All right. In Luke chapter 11, the disciples of Jesus came to this point where they realized that it was time to take charge. Uh, I presume that they saw certain effects of prayer in the life of Jesus and in the life of John the Baptist, who was Jesus' forerunner. So in Luke chapter 11, uh, I want us to read from verse 1 there. It's a simple story of how the disciples of Christ realized that prayer it's going to be a core course. If you've gone through any higher institution of learning, you understand what a core course is. It's a course that if you fail, you may not graduate. You will not graduate, not me. Yeah. It's a principal course. Yeah. I remember when, when I was uh, studying for my master's degree in the University of Lagos uh, in international law, uh, there's this general principles of jurisprudence. It's a, I think it's a, it was a five-unit course. The day we wrote that exam, even people who already had LLM, they were jittery. And I came from an engineering background. My first degree uh, is in mining engineering. So I got there that day, just walking around by faith and looking at everybody, people sweating, you know, and all. They already told us that the, the exam would take, uh, is it six hours or so? Yes, if you want to eat, you can go and eat and come back. 
Yeah, if you want to, it's the kind of example, if you want to use the washroom, you use the washroom, you come back. If you have a, a, a baby, they say, bring your baby, you can breastfeed baby outside and come back and come and continue the exam. That, that was what the lecturer told us. Uh, um, uh, uh, was a very renowned professor, I think it was Professor Alabagos or also, very, you know, very astute man. And he told us very simply, uh, I need 25 full cap sheets, full. If you write anything less than 25 full cap sheets, you can't pass. He told, yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was, he detailed everything, yeah. It was the kind of exam you, I, I wrote until the end was paining me, I had to stretch, you take a break to stretch your fingers, and then you continue writing. Because you know, for you to do well, you should be shooting for like 30 postcard sheets, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most law people here will, will, will understand what I'm talking about. You do a lot of writing in law, you, you know. So that, that was a core course. It was said that if you pass every other course and you fail this one, you can't get this certificate. It's a waste of your time that you have come here. So I sat and balanced well. Because <laughs> I told myself, I'm going to sit only once. I don't want to receipt. <laughs> you know, if you, didn't sit, if you don't sit properly the first time, you will receipt. Yeah. <laughs> you sit again. <laughs> I sat properly and I, I, I wrote the exam and I passed the exam. Now, this is where I'm going. It's possible for you to fail a core course in destiny. And it means that you will continue to sit again and again on the same spot for the same exam. This was the realization that the disciples of Jesus had when they went to meet Jesus in Luke chapter 11, reading from verse 1. The Bible says that Jesus had been praying and he just ceased from praying. And then the disciples came to meet him and said, Master, teach us to pray, even as John taught his disciples. We have now seen the effect of prayer, knowing that we're going to remain on the same spot. We're going to be moving things and they will not move except we can pray, and we learn to pray the way you do. They had seen things moved around Jesus. And they knew it was as a result of a concerted effort in the place of prayer. Luke chapter 1, uh, chapter 11 from verse 1. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Verse 2, so he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is 
his friend, yet because of his persistence, somebody say persistence. Because of his persistence, King James says importunity, persistence. Because of his continuous coming, his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, find. And to him who knocks, it shall be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Lord bless the reading of his word. It's important for us to note that in becoming a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ, prayer is not an elective. Prayer is not something that we do when it's convenient. Prayer is a core cause. It's something that can keep us on the same spot if we refuse to engage appropriately. Many people have come to that point where we allow things to happen around us. We just, things are just happening. We're not taking charge. You know, I've taught this over and again, that a fully devoted follower of Jesus has nothing to do with Kesera Sarah. Jesus never taught us that what will be, will be. No. What Jesus taught us is that if you will say to this mountain, that doesn't look like what will be, will be. If you will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and you shall not doubt in your heart. He said, you shall have whatever you say. Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24, you, 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 you see that. They said, you shall have whatever you say. That does not sound like a mountain like mountain can remain there. Because that's the posture that some of us are beginning to have. There are certain things around our lives that we have gotten used to. Yeah. Uh, we, are, we are creating excuses for them to exist. We are developing alternative lifestyles to cope with them. You know, you, know, you, can, you can do that with a mountain. You can, you can get a, you want to cross it and it's refusing to move. Then you get a ladder. Or you can, what else? <laughs> or, or you can just buy trainers, sneakers. And jog around it since it's there and it won't move. That's, you know, just creating alternatives on how to. Yeah. But Jesus said that's not the way things are supposed to be around us. He, he, uh, from, from this passage of the scripture, we can see that Jesus was saying, if you ask, you receive. If you knock, the door shall be opened unto you. He taught importunity, he taught persistence, he taught faith in prayer. It taught the importance of prayer, that prayer moves the hand that moves the world. So, 
In summary, Jesus thought that prayer is communicating with God to address God with adoration, confession, supplication, and thanksgiving. It's communicating with God to address God with adoration, with confession, with supplication, and thanksgiving. That's prayer. That's prayer. That's prayer. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6, the Bible said, Paul writing, he said, be anxious for nothing. One translation says, don't fret about anything. But in prayer, but with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, he said, let your request be made known unto God. And he said, the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. That's the effect of prayer. That's the effect of prayer. That's the effect of prayer. You pray to one who is greater than you, whom you are connected to, and with whom you have a relationship. Jesus also, you know, pointed out here the importance of relationship in prayer. You don't make a request of a stranger. You make a request on the premise of a, an ongoing relationship. Yeah, an ongoing relationship. Even in the analogy of Jesus, when he, when, when he was talking to his disciples, if, if you have a guest in the middle of the night, you want to meet your friend who is already in bed with his kids, and you said, give me three loaves. The reason why you can go and say, borrow me three loaves, is because there's an ongoing relationship. Yeah, if it was somebody you have not been greeting, that you don't know, you know, maybe you are near in the neighborhood, you are not talking to anybody, you don't know. Can you go and knock their door at night? Do they know you from Adam? Yeah. A person can call police. Yeah. To say somebody is one thief, is trying to, is asking for bread at the middle of the night. What kind of woman being asked for bread at the middle of the night? He's just using gimmicks so that when I come, he will not attack me. No, that's, that's what you'll be, you'll be thinking. But based on relationship, he was able to make that demand. And he said, Plus relationship, then you had persistence. Yeah, you had persistence to that relationship. The foundation is relationship. You lay on the relationship persistence. And you see that you will be obliged of your request. These are the teachings of Jesus about prayer. True prayer. Ordinary men achieved extraordinary things. Ordinary men achieved extraordinary things. I'll say one or two things about this, then I'll give us uh, um, some few points more on what we're going to be building on this month and round it all up in prayer. True prayer, ordinary men achieve extraordinary things. In James chapter 5, when you read from verse 17 and 18, the Bible talks about one Ordinary person, ordinary man. Elijah was his name. The Bible says Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the heart produced its fruit. Now when the Bible says that Elijah was a man with nature like ours... I think the Living Bible Translation says, Elijah was a man subject to human frailties, just like all of us. What scripture was saying there is that Elijah had some of the weaknesses that you and I have. Yeah. Elijah had tendency to doze up in prayer. Elijah had a tendency to be a workaholic who forgets about prayer and forgets about God. 
You know that lack of prayer sometimes is a sign of arrogance. Because it means that you have it all figured out. That's why you forget to pray. If you get into situations that are bigger than you, that's why that's the only time some people pray. Yeah. When hard issues come. As you go on, you're going to see prayer is supposed to be a lifestyle. It's not something that you reserve, like you reserve asana for, you know, in your hammery for a big situation. No. No. And the Bible says here, Elijah was an ordinary person like all of us. I was saying in the first service that some people, when they want to compare, you compare somebody's uh, stage appearance to your own backstory, backstage story. Because in life, we are always playing our own backstage life to ourselves. We hardly remember our front stage stories. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. So I'm here right now. You know, some people in this church will meet me and say, Oh, Pastor, I like you. You're very simple. So you see my easy, even on social media, hey, they'll say, hey, See my pastor, my, this one pastor. And I, I, just, I just feel like, Look, you, you only know me on stage. You don't know whether I told my head is not correct. You don't know. Yeah. This is. <laughs> This is my first stage life. Because some people will come to church now and see somebody else's husband and say, ah, see us bad. See us bad. See, 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 see how he's dressed. But you don't know whether before he left home this morning, he has scattered the room, his shoe is on the pillow, you know, and all that, and his wife is complaining about the way he's looking in church. This is the front stage life that you are seeing. Yeah. In the same vein, some people will see, 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 uh, you know, a young lady in church this morning now walking, as if, uh, and then you'll be comparing that to your wife after three children. You say, see, 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 woman, see how she's walking, see how you are walking. That is first stage life. Yeah, because that, that's, that's what the scripture is saying here. Remember that Elijah had backstage life like you. Sometimes Elijah's mouth was terrible. Some of that times, Elijah behaves like a mad person too. He's not okay all the time. But yet, he still prayed. And something happened. That's what I'm talking about. He still prayed and something great happened. That's what the scripture is talking about. Somebody stay with me this morning. Yeah. There's a possibility that you think that you have to be a, a special juggernaut. Very spiritual. Before you can pray and God will answer. There's nothing like that. Elijah was a man with the same nature like we have. Subject to human frailties, the same weakness like we, have, we, we all have. Yeah. But the Bible says, when we come, Hebrews 4 and verse 16, let us therefore now come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. If we can come boldly to the throne of grace, Knowing that our righteousness is of God, not our own. And knowing that we have come by the blood of the Lamb, not by our credentials. Then we are able to hold God in prayer. And pray and get results. Say amen, somebody. It's very important that you have that at the back of your mind. Yeah. When you see people sharing testimonies, don't use your backstage life to judge yourself and put yourself down. And say, God cannot answer my prayer. There's nothing like that. 
we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from every unrighteousness. That's what the scripture says. And when we show up on the bill of Jesus' righteousness, not on our own, then we qualify for answered prayer. Are you still with me today? Very, very important. So true prayers, ordinary men achieve extraordinary things. And it's time for somebody here to take charge and achieve something extraordinary this year. Don't allow 2018 to go by ordinary. Move things in the spirit. Are you still with me this morning? Yeah, it's time to move things in the spirit. You don't want 2018 to just go by like any other year. Make things happen in the spirit. Don't say what will be will be. Jesus said, behold, I give unto you authority. What do you do with power and authority? You move things. You move things. I was taught in elementary biology, elementary physics, that power is the ability to do work. So if you say, I give you power, what are you going to do with it? You move something. Are you still with me this morning? Yeah. You move something. Let's quickly run through some important things to note about prayer. I'm laying foundation for the discussion for the rest of the month. One is that prayer is a privilege we enjoy because we have access to God. The most important thing, the, the, the primary thing about prayer is not my supplication for help. It's not my supplication for give us this day our daily bread. Jesus said when you pray, pray like this. The first thing he said is our Father. It's relationship. And relationship connotes access. Lack of relationship talks about lack of access. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. You can only call somebody on the phone and expect they will pick if the person has a relationship with you. Nobody is bound to pick your call if you're a stranger. Yeah. If, if they pick it, it just happened. Yeah. But if there's a relationship, even if they miss your call, because of the relationship, they will call you back. But somebody here this morning, maybe the reason why your prayer has been miscalled, miscalled, miscalled is because there's no relationship. Yeah, no relationship. No relationship. The primary thing in prayer is that we have a privilege of access. Prayer is a privilege we enjoy because we have access. We get to talk with the most powerful being whenever we desire. And as often as we desire, it's a wonderful privilege. Wonderful privilege. Can you imagine? Let me just, let me just, just, just play around with you a bit, you know, in the, sh- the remaining time that I have. Can you imagine you having access, for instance, to the president of Nigeria, so that you can call him anytime and as often as possible? And except it's in Federal Executive Council meeting or UN General Assembly, they will pick it will pick your call because that's the kind of access you have. Some people are killing themselves to get that kind of access. Now, play it around. You have that with the Father of all spirit. You have that with the God of all flesh, the creator of the hands of the heart, the one who says, I'm the governor among the nations, not just, you know, not just United Nations, all nations, heaven and heart, creator of the universe. At any time, the Bible says he never sleeps, he never slumbers. He doesn't attend meetings. Yeah, he is the meeting. <laughs> yeah. Always available. And yet you are messing around, not taking advantage of what you have. Some people will, you know, almost kill themselves to enter Asso Rock, but you enter because you didn't enter with the King of Kings, 
you, the same way you enter is the same way you come out. Yeah. Some people pay money to gain that kind of access. Access. You, you know, you, you, until you are shut out, you don't know the value of access. So when you get to a door and you see member only. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, because I, I, I travel a lot. Sometimes I'm connecting flights and, uh, you know, maybe I don't have any privilege, whatever, to be able to enter into a lounge and I'm just so fagged out. Yeah. And then you get, you get out of the plane, you see some people going in one direction. And as they are entering, they are saluting them, they are entering, and you see them, they are eating, they are playing. <laughs> and you're outside just looking, say, I see life. <laughs> I see life. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Has that happened to you before? <laughs> Don't you think you should have access? <laughs> that's, that's what access means. When you are shut out, then you, you know what privileged access is. Yeah. You know what privileged access is. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was somewhere once and, you know, uh, um, I can't remember whether, I think he was, um, he was then a vice president. And someone, I mean, I, I had a bit of access and it was an event. I just decided, let me go and greet the person. All the SSS and, you know. As I walked down, somebody just came and shielded me. The man looked from where he was. He said, allow him. He's a man of God. You know, I felt like access. <laughs> That's access. You know, and, you know, we shook hands and we spoke and all the people were looking at this small boy. I said, yes, Access. Now, you know how I feel when I enter into God's presence. I feel like I'm engaging with something that is greater than anything in the universe. Yeah. When I lift my hands to pray in the morning, you know, and you sing the songs like, Lead me into the holies of holies. Let me in by the blood of the Lamb. That's our card. Yeah. Access card. It's the blood of the Lamb. Yeah. <laughs> the blood of the lamb. Jesus paid a major price for that access. A major price. A major price for that access. So access to God is the most significant privilege of salvation. It cost Jesus his life to grant us access. It cost him his life to grant us access. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. He said, in this, the love of God was manifest towards us. That God ascends his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the substitution. Substitutionary death of Jesus became the propitiation for our sin. Sin denies us access. Jesus paid the price for our sins. Then we have access. Then we have access. Hebrews 4 and 16. Let us therefore now come boldly to the throne of grace. Because we have access. Let us come boldly. If there's anyone here this morning, if you are not saved, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ after now. But if you are saved, your righteousness is not of your own. It's by the blood of Jesus you have access. When you enter into the presence of God and the enemy is saying you, you that you did it, say no, 
I've asked for forgiveness. I've been forgiven. I'm a child of God. Jesus paid the price for my sin so I can stand in the presence of God and make demand before my father. Are you still with me today? Yeah? But some people don't pray because they just feel condemned all the time. They feel God is angry with them already. So how do you stand before an angry person and be saying, I have request? That's why some people don't pray. That's why you don't pray. And you need to be able to deal with that. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16, he gave his only begotten son. He gave his son so that you and I can have access. Somebody say, I have access. It's a privileged access to the presence of God. Say, I will maximize it. Say it again. Say, I will maximize it. In the place of prayer. Say, this month of March, my mouth will not be shut. I will pray. I will intercede. I will stand in the gap for my friends and family. I will bring my supplication before God. And I will enjoy open heavens in the name of Jesus. Say a big amen, somebody. Also, it's important for us to know that prayer is a lifestyle of building intimacy with God. Prayer is a lifestyle of building intimacy with God. In the format of Jesus, I'm going to dwell on it a bit more in the course of the month. Jesus did not only portray that prayer is based on relationship, it also shows that there's no better way to build intimacy than to long for a time of connection with someone that you love. Most of us would rather create a lot of time to spend with our loved ones because we love them. What about spending time with God? The basis for prayer is not first and foremost supplication, which is when I ask for my needs to be met. No. It's firstly to build intimacy with God. To build intimacy with God. Listen to me this morning, brothers and sisters. Let's not bring our African traditional religious mindset into prayer with God. Yeah. Nobody goes to the shrine for relationship. In the African mindset, you go there to entreat the gods to, to appease them. Am I saying the truth? And some of us still have that mindset. If I don't go to church, the week may go bad. Though. Let me just go. <laughs> yeah. Some people still have that mindset. The only reason why they pray is because they feel that when they pray, God may be happy with them and make everything work. No. No. The reason why we pray first and foremost is because we want to consummate this relationship, this union from time to time. You know, some people are Christians and they are like people who are married but they have not had any time of intimacy. You know that under common law, intimacy is what cements a marriage. Am I saying the truth? Yeah, if you are married over a period of time and you have not had time together, the marriage can be nullified. Am I saying the truth? Yeah, how many lawyers are in the house this morning? Can I say a show about If I'm committing error, please let me know. Yeah? It's the same thing. You are saved, but you are not consummating the union. The church, according to the scriptures, is called the bride of Christ. You and I are the bride of Christ. There's no man and woman who are married and they do enjoy intimacy from time to time. Yeah. When you refuse to pray, what you are doing is you are flashing your marriage certificate 
which is I'm saved. But there's no time of intimacy with the one that you have pledged your life to. Yeah. Prayer is not just about supplication. It's not just about God bless me. God meet me at the point of need. Come true for me. No. What about God? How are you doing? God, what do you want me to do for you? Yeah. How can I show you love today? Yeah. Jesus said, when you pray, say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. What do, you, what do you have in mind? Your kingdom come means what's up around you? What do you want to do here right now? Your kingdom come here. It's, what are you doing here? How can I help you with it? Yeah. Kingdom talks about, I, I shared that last month, the domain of the king and what, you know, the agenda of the kingdom, you know. When Jesus said, your kingdom come, it's like, God, you know, I love you so much. And I just, I just anything, you know, any work, any work, sir. That's, 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 that's the real prayer. We go through all that before we now say, give us day by day our daily bread. But you know how some people pray? Day by day. Bread. <laughs> bread. You just wake up in the morning and shout him bread. It's only a child that does that. Yeah. Have you ever seen an adult who wake up in the morning and say, hey, hey, I'm hungry. Won't you call the psychiatric doctor and say, there's a problem here. That's why some angels look at some of us believers and just wonder, God, where did you find all this one? <laughs> what kind of children are this one? Somebody wake up in the middle of the night, say he wants to pray. The first thing is, God, kill all my enemies. <laughs> yeah. And they supply bread, 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 bread. And God, God is saying, ah, what happened to greeting? <laughs> Are you that rude now? <laughs> no manners. What happened to asking about what's going on at home with us? Yeah. Prayer is about intimacy. When you are intimate with someone, you want to know what's going on in their life. Yeah. You want to be a part of what's going on in their life. That's what you want to know. And God craves for intimacy. Because God is approachable. He craves for intimacy. In Revelation chapter 20, chapter 3 and verse, uh, verse, verse 20, Revelation 3 and 20, the Bible says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. God is saying, I'm approachable. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I will come in and, 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 you know, and dine with him. Dine with him. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18, it says, come, let us reason together. Let us reason together. God wants to reason with you and I. It's also important to note this, that prayer establishes the influence of a believer. It's in the place of prayer that we establish our influence. We establish our influence. You know, if you really have influence, let me go the Nigerian way. If you have influence, it's a simple thing. You are driving on the road in Lagos. Maybe a policeman stops you unjustly and is trying to harass you. Your influence, how do you demonstrate influence? Do you start to talk to the policeman anyhow? You just pick your phone now. If you know CP, you call CP. If it's area commander, you know, you call. Say, Oga, please, you need to call your boys to order. Um, one guy is delaying me here unjustly and, and there's nothing to it, you know, and all that. 
and the person will say, oh, okay, don't worry, sir, I'll, I'll, I'll call the, the area commander and tell them. And you are staying, you say, you'll get a call. You'll know now who is talking to you. <laughs> it's very simple. Am I saying the truth? Is that not how some of us demonstrate influence? But when it comes to the things of the spirit, we do know that prayer is what gives us influence in the spirit. Something is going on wrong at home. Maybe your wife is just misbehaving. You too, you start to talk anyhow and abuse her back. When you're supposed to say, ah, something is wrong here. You enter into your closet, you speak to the spirit that's trying to bring confusion into your home. It's like talking to the commissioner of police. All the demons that are roaming around, they will, they will behave themselves. Then you now start to talk. Ah, see, your mother didn't teach you where. That's why you're talking like that. This is, and then it becomes a, you know, back and forth. And before you know it, the whole place is broken down. Yeah. The devil, the Bible says, will not give him a space. Yeah. If you give him a space, he will push his whole body. That's what happens. Instead of speaking to the one that is causing the problem, you are, you are talking to the agent or the person that they are borrowing to use. Yeah, that's the, that's the truth. Yeah. That's the truth. You are not supposed to be talking to the the errand person. They're supposed to talk. If you really have influence, and in the place of prayer, we demonstrate our influence. But the Bible says our weapon is not, you know, carnal. Said our warfare is not carnal warfare. We deal with principalities, with powers, with rulers of darkness of this age. Those are the people we deal with. And then they call all their boys to order. And if there's anyone that has entered and is trying to mess around with your spouse, they will call that one to order. Before you know it, in 10 minutes, your spouse is back saying, oh, honey, I'm sorry. You know, I think I spoke to you rudely, but I'm really sorry. And everything will start to calm down. Now, but you too, you say fire for fire, fire for fire, and you say you have influence. And you don't know that that's not how to use your influence. Are you still with me today? Prayer establishes our influence. And lastly, I'll stop on this. Prayer. Prayer is a major key to holiness. A praying Christian cannot be a sinning Christian. Except the praying Christian is praying religious prayers. Because the Bible says that when we stand in God's presence, something happens to our conscience. It says the blood of Jesus purges our conscience from dead works. I'm talking about Hebrews chapter 9. When you read from verse 12, can you give me Hebrews 9 and verse 12 quickly? It said, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered into the holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats, talking about Old Testament, and the ashes of Ephah spring clean, the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh then. Because they will sprinkle the blood and do all that before they could enter into the holies of holies. said, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. If you are engaging in real prayer and coming to God's presence, you have interaction with the essence of Christ. The blood of Jesus continually purges my conscience from dead works. We live in a time and an age where believers behave like unbelievers with zero conscience 
on issues of conscience. And yet, some of those people say do religious prayers. Religious prayers like what Jesus described in Matthew 6. Write it down. Matthew 6. Read from like verse 16. He said when you pray and fast, they don't do it like, like hypocrites who stand in the corner of the street and, you know, they do vain repetitions because they want to be heard to be religious. We don't pray because we want people to respect us as a religious person. We pray because we have a relationship with God. And we have access by the blood of Jesus. Are you still with me today? When you pray like that, it has a, there's a way that, that, that you have an interaction with the essence of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus, the Bible says, purges our conscience from dead works. We see ourselves the way we, we are. Like what happened to Isaiah. <laughs> when Isaiah had an encounter with Jesus, or with God, in Isaiah chapter 6, when you read from verse 1 to 6, he said, you know, by the time God showed up to him, he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. He saw himself the way he was. And then an angel dropped a coal on his tongue. And God cleansed him. That's what happens in the place of prayer. Because the place of prayer is a place where you'll be, and at a point you realize that, mm, I messed up. And no, without anybody talking to you, you go and apologize. You go and, you know, do things properly. That's part of the effect of prayer. Do we want to be a holier people? Then we need to learn to be a praying people. We need to learn to be a praying people. It's time to move stuff in the spirit. It's time to take charge of situations and circumstances that seek to hold us down. There's power in prayer. Elijah was a man of the same human weakness and frailties and proclivities, just like you and I. But he prayed. And something moved. As you pray this season, something will move for you. Amen. I cannot hear your amen. amen. Lift your two hands to Jesus this morning and receive grace for supplication, for intercession. Ask him, Lord, let your fire come upon my prayer altar. Let your fire come upon my prayer altar. Let your fire come upon my prayer altar. Will you show God that you are craving for intimacy with him today? Yeah. Lord, I want, I, I want to be intimate with you. I want to be intimate with you. I want you to speak to God this morning. I want fresh grace upon my prayer life. In this month of March, I don't want to remain the same. I don't want to remain the same. Fresh grace upon my prayer life. 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 Somebody talk to God this morning. Lord, I want to love you more. And I want to show it by spending time with you. In the morning, at night, when, when, when I'm just in the car, I've been driven, or when I'm just in the bus on my own, I know I can pray to you anywhere. Let your, your consciousness of your presence leave this service with me. I want to leave this service with a fresh consciousness of your abiding presence. That you are always with me. And I can pray 
and connect with you at any time at any time at any time Will you hold the hand of someone beside you right now just for two minutes i, I just want you to to pray grace upon that person I, 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 your prayer is lord draw my neighbor closer to you in prayer let grace come upon my friend draw them to you in prayer will you pray this morning pray for someone pray for someone here this morning lord i receive grace over my friend i receive grace over my friend to draw closer to you Whatever is confusing them, whatever is, is taking their attention away from you, I stand against them this morning. In the name of Jesus, I decree as we go into a new week, let the heart of my friend be connected with your heart. Let them be more conscious of your presence. That you are always with them. And that you desire to hear their voice and their hearts in prayer. Somebody pray, pray for that person this morning. And lastly, this morning, will you start to pray for mountains to move this season? Every mountain in the life of anyone around here, in the name of Jesus, we're coming to an agreement of faith and prayer. And we decree in the month of March, mountains are moving. Mountains are moving. Mountains are moving. As we take charge together as a church, mountains are moving. The heavens are open in the name of Jesus. Pray for mountains to move in the health of people. Mountain to move in marriages. Mountain to move in the place of business. Somebody declare right now. Declare right now. This is my mountain moving season. Mountains are moving all around me. In the precious name of Jesus we have prayed.